When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've written and said a lot about the Brian Reynolds trade request. Dayan Kovacevic has also said a lot. So we're, this is the Brian Reynolds free winter meetings recap. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I look, we've got more Reynolds stuff coming up but we've heard from David Bednar on Friday we heard from Derek Shelton and Ben Sherrington in San Diego at the winter meetings we've heard from a lot of the people who matter in this equation so there's going to be more to come might be the subject of a future podcast episode here but for now for now, there are other things that happened at the winter meetings besides Reynolds' trade request. We're going to talk about those today. Starting with one that I, I wrote it as the notebook on Monday. I asked Derek Shelton if he anticipates having to manage any differently or just the style of how he goes about his job because it's it he's been in a hard situation these first three years and in a lot of ways he's kind of been another assistant general manager on top of being a major league manager because he is he knows what's going on with this rebuild and whenever you have a pandemic and a lockout can't really do a whole lot of managerial stuff so he's done other stuff in the organization, and I asked him, hey, you're getting all these prospects up next year, and I list Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis as two examples. I said, will that change how you manage? You know, now that you have, you know, the guys that you've been building towards up in the majors. And he started his response off with, well, those two guys are going to start the year in the minors. I don't think anyone is particularly shocked by that news. I mean, we O'Neill Cruz started in the minors. Uranzi Contreras started in the minors. And whenever he had to be called up, he was stretched out, something he could have done in the majors, in the minors. Keep Brian Hayes, yeah, there was COVID. There was other internal factors. External factors, too, that, you know, led to him starting 2020 in the minors or at the alternate training site, I guess I should say, not the minors. But he wasn't on that Major League opening day team. So I, I get why no one would be particularly shocked that Andy Rodriguez, their minor league player of the year, and Henry Davis, their former number one overall draft pick, who was an all-star, fall star, 
at the Arizona Fall League, they aren't going to make the opening day team. I get that. That's that's news. But I, I, it may not be particularly shocking, but it's something that I just don't like making that decision in December. Let's look past how Rodriguez is the only catcher on the 40-man roster at the moment. Pirates are going to add someone to that group. It's it, And they need to add someone to that group. They need to add someone of major league quality to that group. And yeah, Rodriguez and Davis have development to do. And it's development that could happen in the minor leagues. That's, that's important in this equation. It's... They're not finished products. They can still grow. Davis hasn't played in AAA, and he got a couple weeks at the end of the year. We get that. But it's a bad look to just say, no, they aren't going to make it. In December. December. What if Andy Rodriguez just tears it up in spring training. He just has this spring to remember. And he hits 400-something, and he's throwing out base runners, and he's clicking with these, you know, starting pitchers, and he's driving these balls to the gaps, and he's just doing everything right, everything that you could ever hope from a ball player. And you're just going to have in the back of your head, well, he's not making the team. That kills a lot of excitement for spring training. Whenever you just know that no matter what he does, he's going to be in Indianapolis. That this team that says we have all this playing opportunity, not for you, Wendy, right now, though. He could be the best player on the... Guys, if you haven't seen him in person yet, it's a beautiful swing. He is... Really special, as is Henry Davis. I mean, two very different players, two very different styles of catcher. But both of these guys are going to hit in the major league level. I I am very confident in saying that. And yeah, I guess, yeah, it's always prospects. There's always this level of unknown, but I just see what they do. And you hear about how they go about their business. And it's just like, okay, these guys sound like big leaguers. And I don't think that every single team in baseball would kill to be in the Pirates' position. To have two really good young catchers who are going to be up in the major leagues in 2023. I mean, maybe not every team, but just about every team. Catching is the ultimate, you know, there is such a drop-off. There are a few elite guys and nothing. And here are two guys who look who are top 100 prospects, who are really good players, who are going to be, you know, have have the potential to catch for a very long time. And they're not going to make the opening day team. It's a bad look whenever the best player on the team requests a trade, and then a few days later, you say the best minor leaguers aren't going to make the team out of spring training. And I get, I get 
that opening day rosters mean a lot more to you and me as baseball fans than it does to the actual sport. A lot of these guys are going to cycle through to the major leagues over the course of the year. And unless you're out of minor league options or you're on a minor league deal and you have to, you know, be added to the 40-man roster, strictly in a getting to the major league standpoint, those are the those two demographics of people are the only ones who have to be on the major league roster. Opening day. But whenever you do make it on the opening day team, you could also get a full year of service time. And that's always been hanging over for years with this club. That issue. Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis have development to do. That development could happen in the minors. They are very talented tandem of catchers who maybe could be pushed to the majors. Maybe not. I'm not saying they should be on the opening day team. I'm saying it's a bad look to just close the door on that possibility, especially when you don't have another catcher on the 40-man roster. And maybe Jason DeLay comes up and, you know, he's a backup. And maybe they bring in Roberto Perez, who both sides have been very open. They were very open in September of, hey, you know, this, this could be a good reunion. Until then, it's, <laughs> it's just another kind of bad look for the organization, in my opinion. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, more winter meeting stuff that doesn't have to do with Brian Reynolds, but we'll probably will get Brian Reynolds in there somehow. Welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later. We are talking winter meetings besides Brian Reynolds, but since that is the big news story, you know, his his name may come up organically. I don't script these things out. This is very much, I, I like, I have a couple notes, a couple things I want to say, and I just let the stream of consciousness flow, which is why we get to Brian Reynolds talk in the last segment, even though I said, no, we're not going to do it. Well, let's talk about pitching then. The Pirates picked up three pitchers at the winter meetings. One through the Rule 5 draft, Jose Hernandez, and a couple through free agency, Vince Velasquez and Harleen Garcia. Garcia is interesting because for two and a half years with the Giants, he was really good. And then he dropped off at the end of last year. Second half of the season, big drop in results. And a lot of it has to do with the four-seamer, from what I've gathered. He has this really good pitch that could get hitters out. He can move it around, but it 
just was getting hit at the second half of last season, and the Giants decided to designate him for assignment. It's not a bad guy to take a gamble on, though, especially with the arrangement that the Pirates have, that he has a club option attached. So it's a a very low-risk signing for the Pirates. You get a guy who has a very recent good track record as a left-handed pitcher who you could bring back for 2024 even at another reasonable rate. That's, that's a pretty good arrangement right there. Jose Hernandez has a plus fastball from the re- report I got that I put on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Has a slider that works. It's, it's maybe not great, doesn't have a ton of sweep or depth, but it works. You throw 96 on the left-hand side of the plate like that, that can... I, he's a project. Every Rule 5 draft pick is. But the Pirates went into that draft with a very short list of players that they would be willing to take. He was one of them. And I could see the appeal there. And for a team that, A, needs more swing and miss in the bullpen, and even more importantly, B, needed left-handers. They didn't have any left-handers on here before, you know, this deal happened. And I guess I should say Garcia has, it's not been made public if he has taken or passed his physical yet, but all signs point to that happening because how rare that is. But they will be the two left-handers on the 40-man roster. Maybe the Pirates add more, but there, there you go. The bullpen needed guys like that. And having multiple gives them options. And it actually really helps out Hernandez, you would imagine, having Garcia. That he doesn't have to always be the guy to go in and be the semi-loogie, even though the loogie's a, a dying breed because of the three-batter rule. You could actually pick the spots there. And if you need a second lefty, you got one. So you got a semi-veteran and a guy who's learning. That's a pretty good arrangement. I think the bullpen, I think the bullpen improves with those two moves. It may not be a major swing, and we talked about it last week how I thought bullpen could actually be a sleeper thing, a sleeper part of this team. And these guys only strengthen that, in my opinion. Velazquez is the interesting pitcher, or yeah, we'll go with interesting. Just the first instinct on the on the adjective. Because he had decent results as a reliever, as a middle reliever. And you, we've seen this club take failed or struggling starters and turn them into middle relievers and get decent results out of them. But, and this, this hasn't been confirmed yet, that he's going to have a rotation spot, and it probably won't get any, you know, firm information on it until we actually have, you know, the, the deal done, physical pass and everything. Kind of get the feeling, though, that he's going to be competing for a, a rotation job here. Because guys don't sign one-year deals with 100 lost teams in December to be, you know, <laughs> middle relief whenever they could potentially start or even be a swigman somewhere else. He's got stuff. I I put that at Insider. Like, he's got stuff. The results haven't been there, though, because he's incredibly inconsistent. 
But I look at him and I look at what Quintano, where he was at, and I look at where Tyler Anderson was at, and it, it came down to fastballs for all three of them. And we saw with Anderson and Quintana, they turned it around. And they both got handsomely paid, you know, because of it. You know, Oscar Marine, Jose Quintana sent Oscar uh, a very nice bottle of tequila as a thank you. That last series with the Pirates of the Cardinals play because he revived his career. And maybe this is the same situation for Vince Velasquez. He seems to kind of fit in that same boat. And it's tough to just assume if we learned anything from like 2016 2017 pirates is that you can't always count on the reclamation projects you could like some of the traits you could be like this is a good bounce back candidate and i think he is a bounce back candidate here there's always that at risk of what's going to happen though because you guys could go back i i was kind of iffy on even Quintana, you know, back in spring training 2022, I proved to be incredibly wrong because they were saving the big, you know, curtain pull reveal of, hey, here come the changeups. Here's how we're going to use the fastball. They just didn't do it at all in spring training. I got suckered good. I I got suckered good. And I, I maybe I needed to learn that lesson once again, that spring training results do not matter. They do not matter. I say, one segment after saying, well, what happens if Andy hits 400? I get that. Velazquez has some interesting overlays. I think I'm going to go more in depth in this in the mound visit this week. Some interesting overlays with other starting pitchers that the Pirates have picked up. Same traits. Metal side is going to be a big part of it. Staying consistent, staying in a good headspace. That's something for Oscar. That's something for Dewey, Dewey Robinson, who is a pitching guru. That's something for Bernie Holiday, who's mental skills coordinator. There are a lot of people that, it, if, you, if you believe that it takes a village, then maybe Vince Velazquez could be this year's Jose Quintana. Or even a somewhat version of it. There's a lot of good starting pitching coming up, so if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, there you go. There's someone that you can slide into your rotation. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later. One more thing here on the winter meetings, and this is, I I just want to talk about bringing the curtain back here, because this is my second winter meetings. The first one happened in 2019, which, reflecting on it, I was so not ready for it at the time. I mean, you, you, you guys have. If you've been reading and following along on the site, you guys know I came in 2019. I, I was pretty green. 
I, that those winter meetings were pretty overwhelming. This time around, I mean, it's still overwhelming every single time. There's just so much going on. This time, though, you know, I have some industry sources. I have some people, some agents, some guys who work in other front offices that you can just go and talk to for a little bit, shoot a text like, hey, meet me in the lobby. And I want to talk about real fast. You're just the lobby, because I think that is one of the things that just gets so glorified in, in this whole process. Both of my winter meetings have been in San Diego. It's different for every venue, of course, but the lobby is always buzzing. It is. It sounds so cliche, but it always is. And there are just times where you're working on a story for a little bit and you, and I, I don't know if this is actually the right approach to go about the winter meeting. So much of this is, you know, just chicken with the head cut off. Oh, Hail Mary. Let's see what we stumble into. But there are times where you're right and you're like, I should do a lap around the lobby. And that's it. You just go around and you you look around. And it's like, oh, there's a pirate's person. What are they doing? Oh, there's someone I know. Introduce. It could be, you know, different reporter from another city. It could be a lot of things. It's the lobby is crazy. Whenever you see like reporters in there, like they, they break news on their phones and then they, you know, will high five someone because it's a big story. <laughs> That's it is something to see it is it, it, it can it can swallow you alive but until then until you actually learn how to do it and i i feel like i did a whole lot better you know this the second time around that i actually knew what i was doing and i actually know some people and i'm you know i've got a couple years of experience of this job under my belt it was a little less overwhelming this time but that was it is something that you have to kind of see to believe because every single story that people say, like it's, it, it is actually true about that lobby. There are always, always big time people there. It is always buzzing. It is always something going on. I'm leaving. It, the most surreal part, honestly, is like I wrote up my rule five story Wednesday and I left and now the winter meetings were officially over at that time. But, you know, some there were still lingers there and just hearing like a quiet lobby like, wow, this this is really it. It's crazy. Thank you so much for listening to these final winter meeting thoughts here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Get all the fine shows that we have to offer here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Bye.